Hello and welcome to the latest Mooney on Politics podcast, which this week features a column I wrote a few weeks ago, actually. It's back on March 28th. It returns to a theme that I've hit on many times here before, namely the paucity of expenditure on Irish defence and the political neglect that defence has received over the past decade. About three weeks ago, four weeks ago, the Irish Examiner ran a story with the headline, Coveney, Russian war highlights need to boost defence forces spending. Apparently, our part-time Minister of Defence is perhaps, possibly, on the cusp of maybe on the verge of being ready in a few months to signal that he is just about ready to, to announce plans to consider the partial implementation of some of the recommendations in the final report of the Commission of Defence, if only, however, he secures the agreement of certain people in Cabinet. Regrettably, the words uttered by Minister Coveney on the day were not that much more definitive than my facetious parody of it. He told reporters that, quote, I'll be bringing an action plan on the back of the recommendations in the Commission to the Government in June, and it will be a strong statement of intent from me, and I hope from the Government, if we can get approval, in terms of the need to quite significantly increase our investment into Defence Forces. End of quote. Now, it did not take Putin's merciless invasion of a smaller militarily neutral neighbour to alert us to the consequences of the last decade of neglect of defence. To pretend this is to be deeply disingenuous. The fact is, this is a weak blue-shirt ruse to mask the fact that their governments have treated national defence and security as a political afterthought. Four senior Fine Gael figures have held cabinet-level responsibility defence since early 2011. They are in order, Alan Shatter, Enda Kenny, while he was Taoiseach, Simon Coveney, two stints including 2014 to 2016 and his current time there since 2020, and Leo Varadkar, also while he was Taoiseach. Now, of course, most of all time, they also had a hapless super junior minister behind whom they could hide. But, as I pointed out a couple of years ago, that super junior was the frontman for the dysfunctional defence. He was not the cause of it. So blaming today's mess on the junior minister would be like blaming the non-performance of the harem on the eunuchs. Despite this attempt to plot to blame elsewhere, Minister Coveney is not the ill-fated political inheritor of a crisis that has only come to light thanks to the war in Ukraine. He and his Fine Gael colleagues are warned at the time by people far more knowledgeable and expert than I about the perils of underinvesting in both defence force personnel and resources. Fianna Fáil's opposition spokespeople at the time, Lisa Chambers, pre-2016 and Jack Chambers post-2016, were vocal not only in their criticisms but in identifying the alternative strategies needed to avert the crisis. But whatever credit Fianna Fáil is entitled to for coming up with alternative proposals pre-2020, these have been quickly erased by the dogged determination of its party leader to stand idly by and allow Minister Coveney to not only continue his neglect of defence, but to also ignore the Fianna Fáil junior minister at his own department. Minister Coveney was at pains to inform Sinn Féin's Angus Osnodig in a parliamentary question reply in early 2021 that the junior minister of defence was solely appointed to fulfil a technical requirement of section 11 of the 1954 Defence Act and that he had no other role or function within the department. The Taoiseach Michal Martin's political acquiescence in allowing a reply that was so dismissive of a party colleague is shocking but not really all that surprising. What is surprising is the speed and ease of which those Fine Gael TDs and Senators who had been wholly unperturbed by their government's neglected defence now suddenly rush to the nearest microphone to tell us how they have always believed that Ireland should be in NATO. 
But while the hard left chunders on about Putin not being entirely in the wrong and the Goldilocks Brigade in Finnegale explains how we, have, how we have simultaneously had a decade of spending too much, too little or just the right amount on defence, we can take some comfort in the fact that the public are way ahead of the politicians on this one. One of the most interesting and positive findings from the Sunday Business Post Red Sea poll on defence issues from about three weeks ago is that the public understands that delivering a realistic and effective level of national defence and land, sea, sky and in cyber costs money. These are findings that were echoed in the later Irish Times poll. It shows that both polls show that the public grasp that being militarily neutral means having a real capacity to defend ourselves. In the Red Sea poll asked if they agreed or disagreed with the statement that, quote, I would support proposals to significantly increase Ireland's defence budget of 1.1 billion per year, which is currently the lowest in the EU at 0.2% of GDP, end quote. 59% of respondents said that they agreed and only 28% disagreed. That's a two to one margin in favour of increased defence spending. Now, I'm around long enough to know that people can agree with the idea of increasing spending for X and Y and then bulk when it comes to working out the extra taxes required to pay for it. But nonetheless, such a clear and conclusive response on an issue that has long been at the bottom of the political priorities pile for so long is still significant. It is also interesting to see that this realisation that we must spend more on defence, though not defining how much more, is accompanied by a solid level of support for the existing policy of military neutrality. As if they agreed with the proposition that Quote, Ireland should drop its policy of neutrality, end quote. This is in the Red Sea poll. 57% of respondents said that they disagreed and 30%, 30% said they agreed. Another significant majority, though it was down a bit from previous polls. And while much has been made in the aftermath of the Red Sea poll of the apparent public contradiction between 57% of people saying that they backed neutrality and 48% saying that they would back Ireland joining NATO, Well, I see this as more of a paradox than a contradiction. And a paradox is something you must learn to live with and accept. Indeed, the dichotomy might be explained in part by the framing of the question. From what I can see, those polled were asked if Ireland should join NATO, quote, to boost its security. Might some of those people who said yes assume that the proposition was been put to them was if the only effective way of boosting Irish national security was by joining NATO, might they agree in that circumstance? No, that's just conjecture on my part. But I think the adding of the craze to boost its security may help explain the, 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 the apparent contradiction, or as I say, a paradox. Now, I cannot fully explain why up to 18% of people could potentially say yes to NATO membership on one question, and they say yes to, con- to continued military neutrality on the other. But I suspect the evident lack of clarity around terms like neutrality, military neutrality, and even NATO membership might explain that contradiction or paradox. Over the last couple of years, I have attempted several times, both here and in broadsheets and on my website and in writings I've done for the Examiner and the Evening Herald, to put some meat on the bones of what we mean by military neutrality. That included an article in 2018 which responded to yet another attempt by Fine Gael to make the public as confused over the issue as it is. But what the Red Sea poll tells me, and also the Irish Times poll, is that the public is not buying the mangled garbage been put about by the alphabetic socialists or the likes of Wallace or Daly or Ming. The public understands that we need to spend more on defence. Indeed, the polls suggest that they understand this in even greater numbers than I would have anticipated. 
But not alone that, they also understand that whether we follow the path of continued community neutrality or we go the route of NATO membership, it is going to cost money. And that's a very healthy and important starting place for a very long overdue public debate on defence. Now, I hope that defence debate is conducted widely. I hope it is conducted in the public arena. And I sincerely hope it has not kicked a touch to another citizens' assembly. This is a political decision requiring political impulse and needing and requiring leadership from political parties, in particular the parties in government, and in particular from Fianna Fáil under Michal Martin. I also hope that Minister Coveney and his senior officials in the Department of Defence will take note of the poll findings and realise that there is now nothing to be gained by waiting until June to come forward with a plan to speedily implement uh, the, level and to, the level of ambition 2, LOA 2, of the Defence Commission report, namely, quote, to build on current capability to address specific priority gaps in our ability to deal with an assault on Irish sovereignty, end quote. Because to wait till June would just be time-wasting. Okay, so that's this week's Mooney on Politics podcast. Again, which is I'm still running a couple of weeks short. I have one more to do before the end of this week, and then we'll be all caught up, and I will have a, a new article next Monday on Broadsheet, where I'll be looking at issues, what's actually some of the things that are happening in Dublin City. So I look forward to getting speaking to you again on the podcast before next Friday, and we'll have a new article up next Monday. So in the meantime... Enjoy yourselves, have a good week, and keep safe. Bye-bye.